Good morning. Do you have a pen and paper nearby or a, a pencil? Uh, like, don't, don't panic, like, look around. Do you have something around that you could scribble with onto? Uh, is there a crayon in the couch? Some of you have that. Um, yeah, if you just want to grab that really quickly or if you want to open up your phone and open up a note. Um, yeah, I think this might be a, a valuable thing for us to, to do and uh, unpack over this message. So feel free to. Uh, the question I want to ask, and ask you to like write or type or whatever, not in the chat bar, just, just for you, don't worry, is what does God want for you? Right? What does God want for you? Say you were to sit down with him, uh, sit down with God and chat, like over coffee. Or if you were to uh, you know, grab some wine and some bread and sit down with him on a park bench or wherever uh, the scenario plays out in your mind. And you were to ask him, God, what, what do you want for me? What do you think he would say? I'll, I'll introduce myself. I, I'm Brad. I'm the pastor here at Stanley Park Community Church. It's great to have you here with us. Uh, most of you are regulars, so great to be seen by you guys. I, I look forward to our reunion Sunday, which is coming up in just a few more weeks. So make sure this last Sunday of this month that you are uh, planning to be around, because we're going to do an outdoor service. Uh, if you're new to us, once again, it's great to have you here, and we look forward to getting to know you. Feel free to say hi in the comment bar. And uh, yeah, let's, let's jump into today's message. Uh, today's message, we're going to start off with this little practice, which is a bit of a, a cardial spelunking. Uh, the idea of spelunking is like going into this cave, and the heart is cardial. So in your heart, when, when, when I ask this question, what does God want for you? Uh, what, what came up? Not like, you know, your, your great theological answer, um, what was what was a thing that came to mind, right? When 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 you think of what God wants for you, what is it that's that's coming to your mind? I would love for you to take a, a few moments to just write that down. I'll I'll stand here awkwardly waiting, or for you to type that into your notes in your phone, because um, yeah, we're gonna check back in with this in a few minutes. So go ahead. What does God want for you? I see some papers, papers being put away. No, I, I don't see any of that. Um, yeah, so let's, let's carry on. I don't want to labor this too long, delay, delay this too long. Whatever the word is, I don't want to do that. Um, so the, the idea of what you wrote down, did, did you feel like it was, it was pointing to your faults in any way? Did you, did you notice that you were writing something that's trying to uh, show you your failures? Or, or do you have something else written down? Uh, what, what came to you? Just, just be thinking about that. And we're going to open up today's passage. And as we go through the passage, kind of hold this up and see if it, it fits in with the message or not. So that's, I guess, your, your work to do while we're together. We're going to jump into Galatians 5.13. So if your phone's already open, jump on over there in the app. If you have your Bible ready, uh, Galatians 5.1-13. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened by, again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, 
Christ will be of no value to you. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, you were eagerly awaiting the, by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcised nor uncircumcised has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressed itself through love. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast worked through the whole batch of dough. I am confident that in the Lord you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for the, those agitators, I wish that they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. I'm, I'm going to pray. Uh, Lord, we, we invite your spirit to speak to us through, through your word in Galatians. Lord, you know our lives, you know our weeks, you know our hearts, you know what we wrote down on that paper. And Lord, we ask for clarity. Lord, we ask for you to guide us in understanding what is freedom and what, what does it look like in my life, in our lives, and us as a community, as us living in this day and age, <laughs> centuries later. Come, Lord Jesus, we pray. Guide us. So, so here's Paul writing to Galatia. That's Galatians is the book we're in. We've talked about this if you're, if you're new. It's a, a church that has had a group of people come in, the Judaizers, and they're trying to get the new Christians, the, the Gentile Christians, to also not just accept Jesus, but then to do these other things. Circumcision is part of it. And uh, then fully obey the law that they have been following before Jesus. And so when Paul writes to them, he's, he's eager to see them not change the path, not change the message, not, not leave Jesus to add on these rules, add on these, these um, regulations, add on these, well, I guess in this case, uh, cut off some other things. He's not, not excited for his, his love, lovely church that he planted, that he reached out to, to see them leave, um, leave the freedom that they had for something else, slavery. So as, as we went through this, um, did anything stand out to you? You don't, you don't really have the ability to tell me, but think to yourself, did something stand out to you? For, was, it, was it in line with what you wrote down for what God wants for you, or, or was it apart from what you wrote down that God wants for you? So today's central passage, I think this, this is like the, the tip of the entire book of Galatians 5.1, is like the, the centerpiece of the entire book is focusing on verse 5. Oh, sorry, chapter 5, verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And, and this, this is where you might see in, in the way that you wrote down what you think God wants for you um, might be coming out of your experience. Like the, the Judaizers were coming in here with their experience trying to, trying to tell the church what, what God wants for them because that's what they grew up in. That's what they, they knew. 
And so when you look at what, what you think God wants for you, is it your history? Is it your, your, uh, your background with, with religion? Is it your, your background with some conversations with people that were very accusing of you? Is there, is there some things that you are bringing into this, this conversation that you wrote down that doesn't fully align with what the scripture is saying in this moment to you? Right, it, it might say, you might, you might have written, he wants for me to be sinless. Yes, like, that, that's true. But is that if, if he was sitting down in a conversation with you, is that, is that what he'd say I want for you? Right, or he might say, or he might have written that he wants me to read scripture more. Like, yes, yes, do read scripture, but... But is, is that the thing that he is going to be leading off with? Man, I, I really am glad that we got this coffee together. I want you to read more scripture. Is, is it that he wants you to be a better person? Like, yes, we're on a trajectory with the Spirit to, to grow us into being a better uh, image bearer of Christ. But is, is that the words that he has for you? Now, you, might, you might have written down things that you have to stop. Right, because confession was a huge thing to you, and now you're like, oh no, I need to make sure that I stop all these things, or else I gotta tell somebody about them. Um, there, there's there's so many things that we can and probably did fill that blank with. But here, the the thing that Paul senses God wants to tell this church, and and as we're going through Galatians, I think us too, is that we are set free in Christ. Right, that if we sat down in a park bench with, with some bread for the ducks and ourselves and some wine with Jesus, I think he would call us to freedom. Right, in, in the, the Greek version of this, it's four words. I'm not going to read the words to you because that won't help any of us. But the, the literal translation of those four words, freedom, you, Christ, set free. Right, it, it's freedom, you, Christ set free. And I think that we, we try to fill in these gaps. We try to fill in, in what we think this religion needs to be or what this faith needs to be because we, we look around at all these other faiths or we look around at these traditions and we look around our own experiences and we, we want to find a bit more structure. We want to find uh, less, less liberty. <laughs> like we we, we kind of miss our shackles that we had before Christ set us free. And, and these Judaizers, they come in, and they're looking for this structure. Like, yeah, we understand Jesus set us free, but he set us free to follow the law. That we now have the ability to do the law and, and have Jesus. And Paul is saying that that's not freedom. That's, that's more conformity. He says freedom is being guided by the Spirit. And, that, and that's the critical part that I think we need to make sure that we we hold in, in, in tension in this entire series. We, we could have gone terribly awry in the last few weeks if, if we do, didn't hold that up, and in the weeks to come, if we don't hold, continue to hold up, that freedom is not just a, a loosey-goosey, flapping-in-the-wind kind of thing. The, the freedom that Christ has given us is connected to the Spirit. Right? That freedom isn't this lack of conformity that we just rebel and, and do whatever we want. Uh, there's some very clear scriptures and very clear quotes from Jesus that uh, would, would indicate otherwise. Right? That we, are, we do have freedom from, from legalism. We do have freedom from the, the rules and the religiosity of it all. But that freedom, the freedom that we live, is in Jesus. It's, it's connected to, it's tethered to. Uh, we don't actually 
get to talk about freedom if we don't comprehend that freedom is only possible through the work of Jesus on the cross and then allowed us to experience through, through the Spirit. If we don't actually talk about, about that, then we are, we are falling outside of the framework of what true freedom is, and we're falling into to some slavery thinking, some, sla- some previous life styles that are trying to inform the way that we follow Jesus, not allowing God to guide us. Having the idea of freedom that's not tethered to Jesus is uh, nothing that I would, I would ever encourage you or anybody else to, to live. That's just this thing that's going to blow you in any direction, uh, unstable in any way. But today we're going to look at this, this freedom and, and find ways that we can live into it. The, the, the community, uh, the Judaizers, probably had a challenge with, like, how do we measure that we're doing this right? right? You, you talk about freedom, but how can we know? That's the great thing about rules and regulations, is that you can know if you're on the right side or the wrong side. And so today we're going we're gonna to kind of ask that question. If you're thinking that too, it's like, if this is all freedom outside of the law, how do we know that we're doing it right? It's kind of like a two-point thing, so that's easy. There's subpoints, but the, the first thing is true freedom is found from an encounter with Jesus. True freedom is found in an encounter with Jesus. The other part is true freedom is found being led by the Spirit. So it's not this amorphous, this uh, untethered thing drifting through space and time. It's found in an encounter, and it's found by being led. So Jesus is the, the encounter that sets us free. Right? It is his, his, his death, his resurrection. It was his, his sacrifice for us that set us free. He is the hinge point of history. Everything changed by, by what he did for us on the cross. He is the, the central hub of all of creation. Everything orients to Jesus. And he is a life giver. He is the one that allows us to live freely. Now, if you and I were just to grab this passage, for freedom you have been set free, and then say that I'm, I'm free because of Jesus, but then do whatever we want, we're missing, we're missing the, 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 not the fact, but the understanding of what the fact means. We're missing the application where we've gutted get to the deep meaning to just have like a, 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 a quote or a tattoo that we can throw around and live in any way we want. But having a, a moment, a, a space and time where, where you've come to grips with Jesus, where, where Jesus has interrupted you and he has set you free, where he has, has taken you and, and he has moved you out from the life that you've had and that you are now in relation to Jesus, that is what sets us free. It is the work that he has done, not the work that we, we are trying to do or the, the way that we don't want to work or whatever it is. It is that relationship, that encounter with Jesus that makes the difference. And this is where the Galatians had heard freedom. They had, had entered into an encounter with Jesus. They had experienced the spirit coming and, and now they were, were kind of backtracking because they were told that there's a different, different thing they have to do and they started believing it. See, if, if we don't have that encounter with Jesus and we just apply scriptures without their guts and without their heart and without their, their actual application. It's kind of like uh, my kids' Fisher-Price things. Like, the bus is still a bus. It's not, not a bus, but it, it has a battery and it, it's very different when it's, the battery is engaged, when it's 
performing when it's doing what it was designed to do than just be a, you know, a toy that you can still play with, right? You can still put little people in it. But when you put the battery in, it's got a song, it's got energy, it's got the ability to teach you to be nice. Like the, the entire uh, toy changes when you put batteries in it. I'm not always saying that it's the, the, for an imagery, this isn't always great with a toy, but in our faith, it, it's different. Is if we don't have Jesus in the encounter, if we don't have Jesus in the equation, what we end up having is something very different than what God intended to for our freedom. It seems that in, in Paul's letter that he's responding to uh, accusations that you can't have righteous or moral people without the law. Uh, you, you need to have the, the law to measure, the law to know what, what is good, what is supposed to happen. And, and I think, well, I know for a fact that he addresses that, but I think like, we might be similarly approaching our lives, our faith, when we, we start going by the, the rules and the regulations of everything. Right? How do we ensure that people are going to be righteous if we tell them that they're free? Or, or what about faithfulness? What if we tell them that they're free and they decide not to be faithful? Or, or church attendance? What if we, we, we don't get them to attend a service? Or what if they're not tithing? What if, what if they don't give money? What if, what if they, you know, they're not, not cursing? You, know, you, you can fill in whatever the blank is. Like these, these behaviors, these things that a lot of us want to control or want to see, not because they're, they're wrong, like attendance to church is awesome, tithing, I, this wouldn't be a thing if we didn't have tithing. Uh, if, if you weren't a righteous or faithful person, you wouldn't be a great representation of Jesus. Like these are all meaningful and things that are valued, but the way that we go about getting those isn't by holding you and me accountable to rules and regulations. It's not the laws. What, what makes us live in the way that we we do is actually the spirit. And so here's uh, three, three points I want to kind of drill into a little bit just to, to give us the freedom and understand how we access it and what it's actually doing in our lives. It's not just the free roaming freedom that we in our culture like to think. So when we live into this freedom, it is being led by the spirit. See, the, the spirit is better than the law. Like, hands down better than the law. The Spirit will make us more moral than the law ever will. The Spirit will make us more righteous than the law ever will. And the Spirit will make us more like Christ than the law ever could. And so just unpacking these, the, the moralness, like we, we want to have a good moral community, so we hold up to the law. Like yeah, the, the, the writings of scriptures allow us to judge and discern because all scripture is beneficial for, for teaching and rebuking. Like it, it, it's good stuff. But the, the heart of a law, like down the street they had a hockey rink. When we had a hockey rink, they had a sign that says, no hockey. There was holes in the sign, not in its thinking, literal holes in the sign because of pucks. When, when, when rules try to apply and force behavior, the heart seems to reject it. When, when we are working with the Spirit, when the, the Spirit is in our lives, we, we are being corrected not from these outward parameters, rules, regulations, things that are trying to conform us. We are being changed from the inside out, where we start gaining wisdom as, as, as the Spirit speaks to us, or afterwards when it's consoling us in the mess that we have made. Right? We, we start leaning towards not just what we desire, but what God desires for us, not because someone forces it on us, but because we are in tune with what, what God's desire for our life was, and what God's desire now is 
shaping our lives around the spirit. We, we start shaping ourselves into what God's desire for creation is. And that is ultimately going to end up with a moral life because God is the, the one that designed morality. God is the one that holds to a standard higher than our own way. And so the, the spirit will make us far more moral than the laws ever will. For the righteousness of this, it's, it's like morality, but it's, it's different. It's, it's, it's like a part of the Venn diagram pulling it apart. Is, it's kind of like the internal workings, right? When, when the law was there, like it couldn't form you into being a righteous being, right? It would, it would teach you how to be non-righteous. It would, it would stop you from breaking the rules. It would stop you from, from transgressions, but your righteousness was not being accredited to, right? You, you weren't able to make yourself righteous by the way that you followed the laws, that would help you in morality, for sure, but not righteousness. Right? So there's a law, like you may know it, is like if you do the crime, you need to do the time. But when, when you do the time, you're not, you're not finding restoration to the wrongs. Right? That's, not, that's more punitive than it is restorative. When it, when it comes to work with the Spirit, the Spirit is working in us, changing us. It is taking the righteousness of Christ and putting it into us. So that even when we make mistakes, and yeah, we make them, um, when we engage with those mistakes, that we are not looking just to do the time. I worked in youth corrections where it's like, oh, I did this crime, I got to do my certain amount of sentence, and it's all good. When, when we are becoming righteous, we are, we are acting this rightness in the world. We, if we make a mistake, we, we look not just to cover it up or just to do our time, but to, to restore and re- to redirect it, to live out righteousness, right relationships around the creation. Right? It's a, an inward thing that, that changes as well because the Spirit is doing it. It's not just being forced to do the good things, which, once again, working in, in youth corrections, when you force somebody to do it, it doesn't change their heart. But righteousness through the Spirit, that changes our heart and our life. When I was, when I guess it was 16, I got a $100 bill from a, an ATM machine when I asked for 20 in, in my mind, I had all the reasons why this was awesome. Like, think about all the things I can buy with a $100 bill. But something in my heart said, that's not my money. And I, I, I wrestled with it. I was like, oh, like, you know, 80 bucks is a great win for me. But I went over to the, to the bank and I, I told them I wanted a 20 and it gave me 100. They took it. And they gave me a $20 bill. And in my, my head, even since then, I'm like, I bet you that person just kept the 100 and it was 20 out of their own wallet. Like, all these things that just says that this is probably what happened. But in, inwardly, it doesn't matter what the consequence of the action was. Something in me said, this is the right way to live. And it wasn't my logic. My logic didn't get in there. There wasn't a rule that said, this is what I need to do. It was God at work in me, conforming me to his righteousness in that weird moment. And that's something that the law would never do. As we live freely, we are being formed and shaped by God to be righteous, moral beings. Right here, here is uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. Right? The, the part on the cross that Jesus did, what he is doing in creation is bringing us into this righteousness that he has, trading spots with us so that we can be living like Jesus lived here on earth. And there's no guide that is written down with laws that's going to guide us to righteousness. But as we've had this encounter with Jesus, as we have embraced the Spirit in our lives, as we 
engage with scripture and, and allow God to speak to us through it, absolutely, is this change is continually happening. The spirit speaks to us. It says, this is the way that I want you to go. This is who I want you to be. This is how I want you to embrace life following Jesus. Because in that is true freedom. Now, along with righteousness is probably the central piece of all this. Uh, God isn't just after making us moral or righteous beings. Uh, he, he was trading places, right? The, he took on our sins and made him who knew no sins to be sin, and us who we really didn't know righteousness to have his righteousness. But the goal in this is to make us free children of God. He wants to reshape us to be children who love him, children who are in relationship with him. See, Jesus walked creation, and he left all his special abilities in heaven. He came as a man, and he lived a perfect life, not because he's Jesus, but because of his relationship. Right? He relied on the Spirit. He submitted to the Father, and he went about his life, the, the hard things, the beautiful things, the exciting things, by the Spirit, in relationship with God, bringing glory to God. Jesus is the most free person in history. And that freedom looks like a relationship with God. And so as he walks and as he moves and as he lives out his life, he is enacting faith. He is he's trusting that his father, who he knows very well, is going to make good as he goes to the cross. And as, as he's going through this, he knows that the Spirit is administered to him, that the Spirit will also carry on his work. It's not going to be just in vain that he's leaving it when he's done. They are working in, in unity because they trust each other. And in, in that trust comes freedom. So as, as we engage with the Spirit, we, we learn to trust much more like Jesus. We learn to walk in relationship with God like Jesus. We, we know that the Spirit is here to guide us in moments that aren't just cognitive problems to solve but areas where our hearts are revealed and our hearts need to be conformed to what God desires for us, where righteousness is what we live out. And righteousness isn't just an action. It is a posture in our heart. It's a, uh, a movement of God inside us that then we get to live out in this world. So God wants us to be children, us to be in relationship with him where every moment of every day, we are, as we're even going through God's speed, we are saying, here I am, God. I, I want to know you more. I want to live out your life. I want to, I want to see your righteousness in my life. I want, to, I want to live into this freedom. I want to be with you as you go about my day, Lord. That's what freedom is. God desires to be in a deep relationship with you that, that changes you. That, that doesn't mean that you have to conform to these rules, but that your inner being is being conformed to Christ. You don't end up becoming like this, this guy that walks around in sandals. You end up becoming the image of Christ that God made you to be. God loves diversity. God loves uniqueness. He made so many different birds. He made so many different butterflies. He made so many different trees. All of them bring him glory. And so God made you to be a unique follower of him. God isn't looking for conformity to his rules. God's looking conformity to his image. He wants to restore which was broken in you. He wants to allow you to live freely with him through Christ, empowered and guided by the Spirit. 
That is what God wants for you. If, if we were to sit down today, his message for us is, I want you to be free. Christ set you free. Be free in him. And the only way we can live that freedom is by walking with the Spirit, allowing it to conform us, allowing him to shape us, allowing our lives not to be our passions and our desires, but surrendering them to God and allowing him to do his will with everything that we bring him. So today, once again, we are going to be making some of these cranes. And the question is, what freedom is God calling you to? There's maybe things that you wrote down earlier today that doesn't line up with the freedom that he calls you to. It lines up with the rules, the laws, and the regulations. God wants to be in a deeper relationship with you. He wants to be one that changes you to be a righteous person. One that loves him. One that walks with One that submits to his will. Because in that, in that is true freedom. So may God bless you. May God be with you. This week I'm on vacation, so if you send me an email, I'll get back to you soon enough. Uh, but it won't be immediately. May God be with you over this next week. And may he be with me as well. All right, see you guys around.